Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Rob. We've been mates since we met at drama school in 2004. We're both actors, and for the last 10 years we've been working in all sorts of productions, from small fringe shows to big arena tours. We love the theatre, so we thought we would make a podcast to bring you a series of inspiring conversations with interesting people from the world of theatre. So this is our podcast. Welcome to Inside the West End. Inside the West End with Ben Morris and Rob Copeland. Thank you for downloading episode 8 of Inside the West End. Follow us on Twitter at Inside West End, or if you want to contact us, then email Inside the West End at gmail.com. Coming up, we speak to Eva Noblezada, who was picked from obscurity at 17 years old in the United States to come to London and play the role of Kim in Miss Saigon. Her story is incredible. Her performances were so incredible. She won awards, she was critically acclaimed, and she's now been chosen to go and play that role on Broadway in 2017. Before she heads to New York, she's playing the role of Eponine in the London production of Les Miserables. So we headed down to the Queen's Theatre, and here's the chat we had. This is Eva Noblezada, and you're listening to Inside the West End. Eva Noblezada, welcome to Inside the West End. It's great to be here. Thank (laughs) you so much for having us. We're backstage at the Queen's Theatre, the home of Les Miserables in London. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're in your new dressing room because last night you opened in Les Miserables playing the role of Eponine. I did. How'd it go? It went really well. The cast has been really encouraging and loved lovely and I've, I've been kind of in and out here it's just it, the theatre's down the street so it kind of felt like home when I first stepped in because of course prior to this you were working just down literally down the road at the Prince Edward starring in Miss Saigon yes um, we're really excited to talk to you because you're about to go to New York yeah. and do it again on yeah. Broadway I'm so excited. Can I just confirm, are we the first interview you've done since opening as Eponine? Literally, you guys jumped yeah. on that. Exclusive. You mean you didn't do three interviews this morning over breakfast? No. What Good. time were you in? Like, what, 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 How uh, does it work? Opening night in a West End show, you're joining the cast, talk us yeah, through the day. Yeah, well, I think it was because I was kind of an addition to the cast I have now. So my rehearsals and kind of run-throughs have been kind of... Uh, just kind of on top of the schedule that they're doing rather than everyone coming into every call. Mm. So um, yesterday was um, the cast had to get into costumes and mic. Um, and I think everyone was a bit uh, from the Olivier's the night before. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, I had a few, uh, a little note session and then I opened. So it was just, it was a lot to take in. You've played the lead role in a West End show. And on Sunday night, you were performing at the Olivier's as Eponine. And last night you opened... In Les Mis, mm-hmm. as Eponine. How old are you again? 20. Does it still blow your mind? It does, yeah. It does not in, in certain... Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, this is great. This is great. I try to be really chill with it or else like, I'm like a puppy on cocaine. I really don't want to act like that mm. my whole day. Um, but it's easy. I can do that. Um, it's just great. I'm, I'm trying to get used to it in a way that um, helps me feel a bit more adult-like and responsible and because it helps me get through the day and get my stuff done. Uh, you're from, uh, born in San Diego? Yeah, born in San Diego, California, West Side represent. <laughs> um, but my family's always been very encouraging, very loving, and um, they've always been, my parents especially, have always been pushing me to perfect my craft in every single way and to never give up. I've never, I've been taught to never do that because that's just not what I believe in. But um, they've been really helpful. What do they do, your parents? My dad's a truck driver. Oh, wow. Um, it's great because like he's my dad could do anything in the world, but um, 
he drives a truck and it's, I think it's awesome because he's always sending me encouraging text messages every morning with a picture of like a sunrise in like Alabama and being like I get to drive through this for the next two hours it's awesome yeah um and then my mom um my little brother and sister are homeschooled so my mom um teaches them at home my grandparents my father and mother's side were both born in the Philippines in Mexico and then my mom, the area we lived in in California was very much Mexican. The Mexican heritage is very, very, very strong. Mm. Um, so it's not like I'm not in tune with that side or yeah. the Filipino side. So weird mix. What's your earliest memory performing on stage in front of an audience? Um, my first performance, I actually remember, I was wearing a hideous pink and orange skirt. I will never forget this with the white buttons. It was vile. I mean, like thinking about it, I feel sick. Um, but it was for church, my local church in San Diego. And I think it was five or six. And I was singing... Um, the song Blessed by Rachel Lampa. And if you listen to it, you're like, how the hell could a six-year-old sing that? And I remember my dad um, saying, do this part again. You're not trying. You, you know you can hit it. Just Let's just try again. Is your dad a good singer? He has nodules, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> For those listening who are unaware what nodules are, I mean, they are basically, in terms of musical theatre especially, um, I mean, that's like getting... Why is that so funny? <laughs> she loves a nodule. I just think it's funny because his daughter's a singer. (laughs) I hope I'm never in a cast with you and have to tell you that I've I've got to go, I've got nodules. See, if you're in my cast, the whole cast (laughs) suffers if you have nodules. Yeah, yeah, true. true. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) So it's basically, uh, that means you've got, um, it affects your vocal cords. You Mm. have a a lump that's caused from belting. It's just swollen. Um, It prevents you from singing a specific register in your voice sucks love that it sucks but it's hilarious yeah um he laughs about it too so you have an aunt who uh played kim on broadway yes and is she on your dad's side or your mom's side she's on my dad's side so she's my dad's first cousin and she was um one of the chorus members in saigon and also understudied kim mm. with leia i mean around the time it opened oh, wow. i want to say original cast but if she, but if i'm wrong then i'm a liar yeah. and you've got proof um <laughs> But I think it was definitely around that time. And growing up, has that music always kind of been in, kind of in your world? Or in was and it? out. Yeah, it's not like I, when I found out I was auditioning for any, like, every word to every song. You know, I knew, like, Sun and Moon, because sometimes it would be played around the house. Um, but to be honest, I wasn't really that familiar with it until I read the script, which is very much later down the line. And so let's talk about that, that period growing up. Uh, I know you were singing in church and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, I read somewhere you wanted to be a basketball player. Yeah. You wanted to be a baker. How weird is that? You moved to San Di- uh, from San Diego to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, was was that part of the transition and what you wanted to do? Um, that was a, that really helped. But the reason we moved is because the area we lived in in California wasn't the safest to raise a, a little girl. And then we decided to move. Um, but I think that was the best decision because the area we lived in didn't really have the... Um, outlet for arts that would have helped me be better wouldn't have helped me grow um but I did do basketball um when I was like 12 13 14 15 and I'm not gonna lie I was really good I say that now it's been like years but I kicked ass are you competitive I'm so competitive I I you can ask my dad it's a true story we were having a game and um our team at the time was on offense sorry defense so our girl this girl behind me was trying to get the ball from her teammate and I was had my hands trying to block her and she goes behind me and scratches my back and as my vengeance because I couldn't it was a Christian basketball so I couldn't like, cuss her out um, <laughs> she was about she got the ball and she was about to shoot it and I, I went in front of her and slammed it down on her nose and I broke her nose wow and it was the most amazing feeling in the world <laughs> 
true story. I, I didn't expect that story to come out of you. I don't know why. I didn't expect there to be such a, a streak. High of, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm 17 and I'm new here today. Yeah. yeah. Get out of my way and I'll break your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So during that period, wh- I mean, you were singing, you were performing, basketball, other things going mm-hmm. on. Was there a moment, do you think, where you kind of recognised that your performance skills were they stood out compared to your peers that where you went maybe this is something I want to pursue I actually really believe my parents because um you know when you're that age and you you have all these um pathways that you can choose you know you look to your parents for the for wisdom and advice and the encouragement of which path that they think you should take as you know just to help it's it's helpful but I think they had always known that I loved singing so at any open door where I would be able to sing and perform that was where they pushed me to you know even if I had to step over basketball which really did at the time and after that kind of period where I made that decision we definitely did performing arts in full swing like nothing else interfered with that and um that's when I was introduced to the school that I went to started going to when I was about 12 13 um Northwell School of the Arts and what kind of stuff did you do there in terms of performance? I didn't know that you could sing, act, and dance, and wear a costume and pretend you were in the 1920s at the same time. I thought that was the most amazing discovery of my life at the time. And so I dove headfirst into that, and my first show I was in, I was in Cinderella, and my line was, the prince is giving a ball from the back of the room, and I was ecstatic. <laughs> so can you talk a bit about the journey from going from North Carolina to performing at the Jimmys to being spar- spotted by Tara and auditioning for, for Miss Saigon? Can yeah. you tell us how that came about in the first place? Why were you, why were you at the Jimmys? Well, the Jimmys, um, also known as the National High School Musical Theatre Awards, it's a really great opportunity for students in America to showcase their talents um, before college. Um, but I was chosen to represent... Um, North Carolina along with my friend Ariane and then we went to Newark and did like a one-week rehearsal kind of intensive um, studying songs that we had chosen for ourselves and um, group numbers with all of the other kids from around the states and we put on this big show at the Minskoff and it was amazing and um, they chose six finalists and we all got to sing solos and um, it just turned out that my theater teacher her best friend was in the audience um, Tara Rubin, and she was a casting director, and she had just cast the musical Ghost, which is one of the selections that I chose, the musical that it was from. And as soon as Tara pulled me aside at the after party when I met her, she said, we'll be in touch, but I'm, I want Cameron to see you. Did you know who Cameron McIntosh was? Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know that, you know, how big this guy was. I was like, yeah, I've heard his name a few times at school Yeah. Um, when we learned about musical theatre history. Um, and was it clear it was for Miss Saigon London or were you just going to a general? Yeah. Um, Miss Saigon London. And then I think it was four months later that they gave me a call and had a scheduled date in New York. So we all drove up and then they gave me one more call back and they told me in the auditorium that Cameron was like, how would you like to move to London? I was like, what? Did you know it was Kim? For the majority of the time I was auditioning for him, I thought I was actually auditioning for one of the covers. I didn't actually know that I was Kim until my agent came down to North Carolina, had us look at papers and sign a few things before um, getting my visa processed. He was like, okay, and you're playing Kim? And I, I literally saw it on paper and I was like, I think I just shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you meet your agent? Was that part of the whole setup? Yes, um, Trevor Jackson, a lovely man, helped me kind of get set up because I didn't have an agent. If you had asked me in high school, hmm. why, would, why do you need an agent? I would have been like, I don't know, what's an agent? So they really helped me get on my feet because I had no idea what I was doing. So you moved to London. You come with your mum, is that right? I came with my mum and she was actually supposed to stay with me because I moved, we moved there January 6th, my first night in London. And um, she was supposed to stay until June. <laughs> 
And then like three weeks later, <laughs> she was I came home and she was crying and she was like, "You don't need me anymore. I'm going home." And I was oh. like, "It's okay. I'll help you pack." Um, there's the door. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but I did help her pack. <laughs> P.S. Dad's got nodules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you arrived to London in January. Rehearsals start in, was it kind of April? March. March? 10th. So what was that period beforehand? I How- actually, I was in Les Mis for a bit. Now. Yes. I'm glad you brought this Oh up. my God. Were you trying, you were trying to get that out of me, weren't you? No, we've, heard, we've heard you spent some time at Earth's Ed. We've heard, what? We've heard... Who the hell said that? So, uh, yeah, so we were going to ask you. I, I was in Lima's ensemble, mm. and I think the reason they kept it quiet was to was to say, this, is, this, this isn't her West End debut. She has no experience whatsoever with theatre professionally on any degree. She needs to understand the vernacular and what happens backstage vice, and, and everything that includes with it before we put her into this massive production and expect her to know everything. Yeah. Um, because we're not, I mean, I was completely on the same page. I'm, who has time mm. to sit and explain to me, this is the stage door. Here, you get deliveries and sign in and sign out. This was just a good way for me to get my footing and to be really comfortable. But it's not like I was in the on the cast list or anything. It was literally mm. so much so that I could have been a ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what were you, how long was this for and what, what bits, what were you doing? Literally, what? like, four or five weeks I was right. in it. Just getting used to it, understanding how everything worked, getting my body used to show time clock. Um, I was saying, I was in Love with Ladies, At the End of the Day, Factory, all the big big ensemble chunks. It's your, your training, basically. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was literally what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so you're here, you're doing Lemmy's, yeah. uh, you, your, your mum's left, you're now in London. Yeah. Had you been to London before? No. What? I had never left the States. Right, okay. So what was that like? <laughs> did you become a tourist? Did you do all the touristy nah. things? I definitely did all the big touristy stuff with my mom when we first got here because that was mainly a, we have to do this, and I'm really excited. Yeah, like what? What did you do? <laughs> big Ben. We went to go see Buckingham Palace. Um, you know, we also went to the London Eye and um, all the um, little markets and stuff that I that we loved. We just, we lived in Pimlico at the time, so it was just really nice and then you're you start into rehearsals for for Miss Saigon was mm-hmm. it a, how much did you know about the Vietnam War I knew enough I didn't really need to because on the first day we watched a three-hour documentary about the Vietnam War sitting here like looking at the TV with my eyes wide open and just tears are coming out watching the horrific things on the television but it was good to start like that it was good that we kind of dug up all the the BS and I think Lawrence was really wise into starting us off like that but as for the actual show. I'm not going to go on YouTube and look up other performances of other people doing it. I'll do it myself. I'll have somebody help me learn it and make it mine because that's cheating. You're taking work from other performers unconsciously and it's not fair to yourself or to them or to the audience because they're paying to see a unique performance. They're paying to see you do a level of performance that you can only get in the West End and it's just cheating them. But, um, Besides that, I only was I was only learning the music before I came into rehearsals, and then we just dove right in. One of the wonderful things about seeing you play the role mm-hmm. was um, realizing how young Kim actually is. Mm-hmm. Quite often, when we see that show, it's played by by actresses who are not seventeen. Yeah. they're usually often in their late twenties. Yeah. and that was the thing that I that really stuck out for me. Oh my God, it's so not right. Yeah. Mm. It's so not right that this child, you know, is is in this relationship with this this yeah, grown man. It's, it's so, uh, and and I felt it really represented Vietnam very well. I was there a few years ago, and I found it incredibly disturbing, yeah. um, the the true history. And I, I thought you guys did a great job of representing Thank that. You. I think because I wasn't really used to playing that monster of a role, 
and to, to put that emotion out every night on stage, it took me actually almost a year to get into the regime of putting on that kind of performance where I'm crying, I'm on my knees, I'm screaming, I'm, I'm holding a gun, I have a child in my hands, um, and then going home and as soon as the curtain closes, being able to have a laugh. It took me a very long time to have that settle in my body and then make it feel comfortable to the kind of person that I am and how I wanted to portray her and then also be myself because as a person, I'm, I'm, I'm quite cheeky. I'm, I like to talk and laugh a lot and have a great time, but you know, it takes a lot of energy to put that much passion into performance, especially with the child. Like that, if anything, those scenes with, with Tam were exhausting and having to protect him and make sure also, you know, not acting to make sure that he's, he or she is safe mm -hmm. and that they don't feel uncomfortable, which happened actually numerous times that they would just start crying. And I, you know, you don't know what to do and you just have to think of the safety of the child. And to the audience, they must be like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> this two-year-old's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. What a talent, yeah. How, yeah. Old are the, how old are the children who the do The youngest that? was four, just turned five when she started doing performances. And I think the oldest we got was, um, I think, almost seven. From that performance, The Jimmies, when you noticed, to opening night. How, what the Jimmies the were the summer of 2013. Moved here in 2014, in of January. So less than a year. Yes. and you're a leading lady mm -hmm. how is that for your brain that's a i mean it's a lot of people don't understand that be, being a leading no. role it's not just doing the show it's you're leading a company the press yes um, all of that stuff people do forget that thank you for bringing that up because people completely forget that all the time how is that for you to take all of that on at your age uh, that sounds patronizing your age no how no, is no. That? it's not it's not patronizing at all because i was very young when i moved here compared to the um, elites and masterminds that have been here for years. Mm. I was a fetus. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea the whole hold I had on my company. Speaking as in, if I were to be immature and rude and be a diva, how that would look on my company and how... I wanted to act like a leading lady, is that, that's what I'll say. I wanted to have the qualities I thought I would want to see in a leading lady. And it was really difficult at first because, you know, I've, I've always been very mature for my age, but that was a whole, this is a, this is a different level. You're, you're, I'm working with adults like John John. When I met him, he was 48 and having to work with somebody side by side and I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm trying to learn as I go and there's so much information and all these people, I can't remember their names. It was very difficult at first and I had a lot of expectations for people who kept saying, "We've I've seen Leia, can't wait to come see this production. And I was like, well, it has nothing to do with Leia Sanlonga. There were press moments where you had to appear with Leia. Oh yeah, and it was I read an, I read an article where you're saying, oh my God, yeah, she tweeted wishing me well. I haven't spoken to her on the phone. I hope that never happens because I won't be able to speak. I hope I never meet her, I'll fall over. Um, I'll be so, you know, overwhelmed mm. by it. And then the next interview you watched, the two of you were sitting on BBC Breakfast yeah. next to each other. It was great. I, when I met her, it was, it was lovely because she just kind of gave me a big hug and Leia's one of my inspirations. Like I grew up, you know, fawning over Mulan and like uh, Jazz, who she did the voices for and the singing for but it was difficult to find my footing and be like thank you so much Leia but to everyone else I am not Leia and I know that she understands the pressure because she was just the same age when she was plucked as well but it's been difficult to kind of say this is my Kim and if you don't like it sorry but I'm not changing it to fit a cookie cutter shape because that's not fair. Was this an immediate realization when you started day one or is this gradual during the, re the rehearsal process did you kind of go I'm, I mean I've got to stop thinking about that and do this this is me yeah this that was immediate as soon as I knew that I was auditioning I said okay Eva we're gonna grab this by 
the horns and just you have to be strong and do it the way that your body and your soul and your heart tells you to do it you know this is a different different version of the show and you know she she completely understood but you can't convince press sometimes and she was so lovely when we went on that weekend um to do the interview for the bbc um it was just great speaking with her it was it was really an honor and it was one of those kind of moments you won't forget Hope you're enjoying the conversation. Stay with us and we'll be back to the chat in a moment. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We release a new episode every Sunday and if you're subscribed, it'll just appear on your device ready for you to listen to. Whether you're using an iPhone or an Android or a laptop of some kind, it's easy to subscribe. All you need to do is go to your normal podcast app. If it's an iPhone, then next to the logo of our show, you'll see a little settings wheel that looks like a cog. Click on that. A few options down, it says subscribe. Or if you're using an Android phone, then on the Double Pod app next to the logo of our show is the subscribe button. Easy as that. And the best part is it's totally free. Make sure you stay tuned right to the end of this episode and you'll hear a clip revealing who's on next week's show. Now back to the chat with Eva. Do you remember your first preview? Do you remember the, the build up to it that mm. day? Yeah, How? it was great because my, my parents were there and everyone that I kind of loved in my immediate family was there to celebrate. And it was definitely energetic. You could feel it through the curtain, just the electricity of the audience going like, oh my gosh. And I, the cast was, was very excited as well. I saw press night, I was there. Yeah. And I've never felt that in a, a theatre before, yeah. that excitement and anticipation of this really loved show being reimagined. Yeah. Um, and as soon as the lights went down at the start, I mean, it, the roar from the audience, it was very exciting. Ben saw it quite a few months later and I had lots of other friends see it again or yeah. later on and they said that the performance hadn't dropped the energy was there which is a hard thing yeah. what do you think it was about that production I think progress wise we all kind of made our backstories much more complex like I always tried to work on her so that it was always fresh and it was always um, I can't say consistent because that's not the right word but I was always giving 150% as well as the ensemble who were giving 150% and made sure we killed it every night you said a few minutes ago that um, you had to be brave. You've always been mature for your age. Yeah. Where do you think all that comes from? My parents. I give full credit to my parents. And my faith means a lot to me as well, you know. I've, I've got my beliefs and they really guide me and center me in a way that if I ever feel like I'm not good enough and I call my mom and dad, it's just something that I can read a scripture or something and go, okay, done, let's do this. Mm. But my parents, it's almost like they know exactly what's happening, even if I don't give them every single detail, but they've been a really big help. Do you like living here? Oh, I love it. I kind of don't want to leave, but then, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to star on a Broadway show, so every cloud, yeah. Poor little you. I love London. I love it. The British are very different to the Americans, culturally. What's Mm. your observations? Um... I'm not. I'm gonna get a lot of backlash for this, what I'm about to say. I love British people because they're crass and they're crass. They're, was it crash? Crass? Crass. Crass. Because they're crass. I was trying to think of the word as I was saying it, but they're crass and they're naughty and they say these jokes that I get. I understand them. And how many times I've been with my mom and somebody makes a really inappropriate joke. And she just stands there and looks at them and gives them this, you idiot look, and as if she's offended. I'm like, mom, he's kidding. But I love it because it can it allows me to be like myself. Because um, I'm I'm the, the naughty, loud one in America, and that's not a good thing sometimes. It's kind of like, Eva, you know, you can't say that. Please don't say that. 
but I'm, I can just be myself here. It's great. Most of the Americans I know have a stick up their butt and they need, to re- they need to remove it and get it bleached because they need to have a good time and just, you know, not take everything <laughs> so close to heart. Is that a message to your future broad- Broadway oh, cast? Nah, we're going to have a great time. <laughs> we're going to have a great oh, time. Oh, watching for you. Have, yeah. you. have you picked up any British habits? Yeah, I said raspberries the other day. My boyfriend has a really posh accent, so I think he definitely rubs off on me. <laughs> can you do a British accent? I can do a very, I can do a Keira Knightley accent. Oh, good. Which is different. I say that because it's very different, and that's what I learned off of, because I love Keira Knightley. Um, oh, my God. I can't, I can't just say anything on the spot. Uh, shall I give you something to say? Yeah, give me something to say. Sure. Um, can you say... Try wearing a corset. Try wearing a corset. Oh, I like that. It's actually very good. Yeah. yeah. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Oh, very good. Oh, well, the classic for London would be, get out of my pub. Get out of my pub. <laughs> I can, you know, it's bad. I. It's easy to curse in a London accent. Go on, do that. Okay. I can't. My mom might hear. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, mom. So, um, is it everything you dreamt it would be? And more. And more. Yeah. Um, it comes with its um, hardships, definitely. It comes with its... Um, Sometimes you have days where you have a headache, you feel bloated, and you're like, God, I have to go into work and, like, be pretty and, like, cake on the makeup and cry. That's what it was in Saigon sometimes because the sometimes the, the pressures. And, I mean, I was still finding myself as a young woman, you know, what I wanted to do, like hobbies and, and um, trying to get fit. And it was just difficult struggling everything, um, juggling everything. Sorry, I'm rhyming now. And um, also maintaining the energy to do a show. That was really difficult at first. But now I think I've, I've, I've gotten used to it. I've, I'm really hard on myself in a good way that I push myself. And I, I quite like stress, not on my body, but on, in my head because it pushes me and it, it kind of makes me be proactive and be very productive. And I'm really, I've learned a lot. That's, I guess you can say that. So I, the pressures now aren't as um, scary to look at than they were in Saigon because I'm used to it now. I can do it. Moving to New York. Yeah. Very soon. Mm-hmm. What do you feel you've learned from these two jobs that you're going to take with you to New York that will make that process different this time? Easier. Yeah. I would like to think that it's going to be, and I hate to say it, but much more enjoyable than the experience I had getting ready in prep, you know, in preparation for the Saigon here. When I go to Broadway, I want to be kind to myself. I want to work hard, but I, I never want to work too hard that... I never have time for my friends. I never want to be that person. And I think sometimes, I have been the past few years, where I've been like, I, I can't, I'm too busy, I can't see anybody, but you need that. I have. You need to see your girlfriends and to make you feel better and to just empower one another. And remind yourself that's actually real life. Yeah, exactly. This is, this there, is a job. There, there are know? other circles of uh. people and social groups that you can you know, involve yourself in. Like I've, I've got yoga now, which is great, but I mean, I'm a bit scared to talk to all the yogis because they're all zen and I'm really loud. And I'm like, I don't think I can make friends with you guys. If somebody wanted to work inside the West End, Mm -hmm. what's the one bit of advice that you would give to them? To not compare yourself to other people and to be kind to yourself. Because when you're kind to yourself, you open up parts of your brain that allow you to work harder. If you're hard on yourself, then you say, I can't do it. You're never going to be able to do that. I went to therapy, you see, so I'm using big words. I'm trying to. I don't want to sound like an idiot. It opens up things. I, I have a problem where I have, I respond to things quickly. My fast twitch muscles in my, my brain work quickly and they, they, re, they make me respond to certain situations and negative, with negative, um, with a negative feeling sometimes. And I think when, especially musical theater, because people want to be so competitive, people see another girl who looks like them, who can kick their leg higher or sing 
um, a note higher and they go, oh gosh, I hate her. I'll never be able to do that. When in actuality, you can't even just work a little bit on it. And they probably can't do something that you can do. If I compared myself to Leia in that way, or Joanna, or all the amazing other Kims that there have been, um, I mean, would I be here now? Literally? I, I'm honestly asking myself that. That would hinder my performance. That would hinder my per my personality and my, my being, and my, my confidence. And who has time for that? So what exactly do you mean by be kind to yourself? What does that mean? Don't in... don't speak negatively to yourself. Don't go... I mean, I'm saying this from experience. I'm not just talking out of my butt. It's just sometimes I wake up and I go, God, I look fat today. Or, God, I'm, I can't sing that tonight. Or, oh, I just had a really crap performance and so-and-so is in. I don't need, if I speak like that to myself, I'm going to believe it. And then I'm going to try to make myself better. And it's it just, uh, I am, I want to think that I'm good enough. And I want to think I can, I can be better, but I can encourage myself. I can be positive to myself. I don't have to speak so disgustingly to myself. Because would I speak to that, like that to a friend? I'd be honest to a friend, but I would always want to be encouraging and loving. So mm. what's the difference talking to myself? Think about that. <laughs> That's amazing advice to end on. Thank you so much, Eva. Um, You're welcome. You opened Lemmy's last night. You're mm -hmm. obviously doing it again tonight. We know how tired you must be, so we really appreciate you taking the time to Anytime. speak to us. Thank you for asking great questions, because sometimes I get really weird questions, and it makes the interview feel like two hours long. Eva, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. We had a really good time. It was really good fun chatting to her. Uh, she's very cheeky, uh, and we applaud that. Um, as we said in the interview, it was the day after her opening night. She would have been in very long hours the day before. Uh, so, Eva, a massive thank you from inside the West End for taking that time for us. Also, a massive thank you to you, our listeners. We have listeners all around the world, thousands of you out there listening to us. So get in contact with us. We love to hear what you think of the show on Twitter at Inside West End. Thank you to you guys who have already written reviews on iTunes about what we're doing. We really appreciate it. It really helps us keep the momentum going and keeping us in the charts. So thanks to you guys. Uh, word of mouth also helps that. If you know anyone who likes theatre or likes listening to podcasts generally, tell them about what we're doing. Uh, we've lined up some really exciting guests for the upcoming episodes, so spread the word. Remember to stay tuned to the very end for a clip of the next episode, but before that, we make this podcast for free. If you've enjoyed it and you'd like to help us make future episodes, then here's how you can. Next time you shop online with Amazon, visit insidethewestend.com first, Click on any of the Amazon adverts on our site. It will take you straight to Amazon. Your shopping will cost you exactly the same as normal, but Amazon will give us a small kickback as a thank you. Also on InsideTheWestEnd.com, you'll see a donate button. If you'd like to make a direct contribution, then click on the button and follow the link. Now, as promised, we have a clip of the next episode, one that we are very proud of and we insist you take the time to listen to. We discuss some of the issues that are often taboo in life, and especially in our industry, with Motown cast member Eddie Elliott. And one of the people in the cast identified that she was struggling. And my favourite thing to do is, rather than go, I think you've got a problem, I just say, over a cup of coffee or whatever it is, I, I, I put it into conversation, oh, I've struggled, oh, I'm on, I'm on antidepressants, oh, you know, I'm, I'm on this and I've done this. And then they open up, because they think, they see me as someone who probably looks like they have it all together, Again, quite out there, quite fun, quite fun-loving. And they go, oh, you're just like me and you're struggling. It's so important for people to talk about. And mental health issues are so rife in the world, that we, the entertainment world, you know. Hey.